stand together, and if your neighbor does not have a Bible, allow, allow them to look on with you. Let's, let's say it together out loud in unison. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Let's say it together. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask God that you might give us wisdom and you might give us some direction and you might uh, speak to our hearts uh, about just simply trusting our God. Uh, and on the day that we trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you proved yourself faithful. And from that day till this, I've seen in my life, I've seen you be faithful over and over and over again. You are one that's worthy of our trust. And I pray, Father, that you would, you would guide and direct in this message. God, give me, the, give me the power, give me the thoughts, give me the wisdom, uh, give me the illustrations uh, that are necessary. And uh, Lord, help me to follow your leading in this message. And then, God, I pray that all of us would take to heart what's found in the Scripture. And uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning by the Spirit of God. And we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you for what you do for us in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. First verse says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's exactly what you did the moment you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. If you're saved, if, if you realize you were a sinner on your way to hell and the only way you could go to heaven is by putting all your faith and all your trust in Jesus Christ, you, you turned your back on trusting anything else. You turned your back on trusting the Ten Commandments. You turned your back on trusting your own works. You turned your back uh, on your own efforts. And, and you decided to just simply and completely trust the Lord Jesus Christ as, as your Savior. Um, trust in the Lord. To trust means to place confidence in, rely on, uh, to commit to the care of in confidence. In other words, when you, when you trust the Lord, and this is the thing that I have seen over the years, uh, trusting God uh, is, a, is a sure thing. Why? Well, because he's, he's worthy of our trust. Uh, he's proven himself over and over and over again. And uh, uh, trust really is the issue today. Uh, there, there's... You know, there's, there's not as many people today as there used to be that you could put your trust in that, their word, that, that they were as good as their word. If they said they were going to do something, they'd do it. Uh, but one thing about God, God's always been worthy of our trust. He's always been worthy of us depending upon him. And there's three things in particular that we need to trust him for when it comes to our lives. First of all, you trust him for the past. You look, you look backwards and look at what has happened to you and uh, realize that, that God can take anything that has, has already occurred in our lives and use it for his honor and use it for his glory. Um, you know, I, I found myself shortly after I got saved looking backwards and seeing, looking to see, and, and God's shown me things over the years about, about just what he placed in my life and what he allowed to happen in my life and what he put me in contact with 
in my life. So that when I heard the gospel for the first time, that, that uh, my heart would be touched. And, and uh, uh, those things that had happened to me previously were preparations for getting the gospel of Christ. Understand, there's no accidents with God. You know, I mean, he has, he has placed you in the family that you're in for a purpose. He's put you in the country that you're in for a purpose. I, you know, I've, I've talked to many people who have said, you know, I, I, I look at the people all over the world and I wonder why, you know, why me? Why am I in such a great country as America? Uh, well, because that's where God placed you. And people that are in other countries are in those other countries because that's where God placed them. Uh, you know, you can, you, can, you can trust the Lord for the past. Uh, you can trust the Lord for your abilities or lack thereof. Uh, what, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're all different. We, we all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses. Uh, we are all part of God's design. Psalm 139 tells us that, that uh, you know, we were designed even before the womb, and then God placed us in the womb, and all of that, all of what you have, again, your abilities or the lack thereof, uh, are designed, and they're, they're given to you by God. And one of the, one of the reasons why uh, you have what you have and you are what you are, and I'm not talking about the things that are changeable, I'm talking about the things that are unchangeable. You have those things in your life so that you can learn better to trust the Lord. Um, you know, some people have tremendous musical abilities. Some people have tremendous mental abilities. Uh, there's some that do not have either one of those. Uh, and I happen to be one of those that don't have either one. Well, you know what that does? That, that makes you realize you can't do things on your own. And that, that's a good place to be. That's not a bad place. That's a great place to be, understanding that you need to trust God. Uh, circumstances that happened in your past, uh, tragedies, disappointments, blessings, uh, they were all, the, the, God can take every one of those things and use them for his honor and glory if you'll just trust him, if you'll trust him. Then we need to trust him not only for the past, but for the present, for the current situations. And oftentimes, you know, we, we'll get into a situation, we'll say, man, I don't have the faintest idea what's going on here. That's, not, again, that's not a bad place to be, because though you don't know what's going on, God always knows what's going on. And he knows what's going on behind the scenes. He knows what's going on in front of the scenes. And, and God is one that you can trust. To be in, in, a, in a dilemma uh, just pushes us to God. And it pushes us to, to trust him more. And then, of course, the future. Uh, much of what I have found is that much of what I have worried about in the past never comes to pass anyway. And so what I just need to do is just simply those things that are uncertain, those things that I don't know what's going to come to pass, I need to just simply trust God for it. And, and then he goes on to say, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on, uh, upon thine own understanding. Don't trust 
what you understand about any situation in your life. Uh, your understanding is, is based on limited information. It's based upon what you see. It's based upon what you know. And you don't see and know everything. Um, the, the Bible says there in the book of Proverbs, it says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Uh, God tells us that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Uh, the reason why that is, is because he sees the, the big picture that we oftentimes don't see because we are limited uh, in our understanding. We're limited in our understanding because our understanding is, is just very simply finite. And so what God says is he says, because your, your understanding is limited and finite, he says, trust, then obey, and God's supply and direction will come. But our responsibility is to just simply trust him and obey him. Uh, you, look at, you look at people in the past in Scripture who uh, did not know what was going to come to pass, uh, did, did not have understanding of things that they were told was going to happen. For instance, you've got Noah. God comes to Noah one day and says, listen, uh, I'm going to bring rain. And, you know, I, I, we don't have the whole conversation, I'm sure, uh, in Scripture, but I'm wondering if, if Noah looked up and said, God, what's rain? Because they hadn't had rain. Up to that point, the, uh, the atmosphere on the earth was such that there was a mist that came up and watered the earth. They did not have regular rain like what we have today. And uh, so he had never seen rain. And then he said, well, I'm, you know, you need to, to build a boat. Well, I'm not so sure that Noah ever saw a boat that was as big as the one that he, he had to build. And if, if, if you've never been down to the Ark Encounter, I would encourage you to take your family and go down there on vacation. That, that is, a, it is it, it just, it's mind-blowing. Uh, I remember uh, the very first time my wife and I went to see that ark, uh, just walking along, going toward the entrance. I looked up. That thing is absolutely humongous. And uh, uh, you, you look at that, and what you, know, you think, well, that's a big boat. Yeah, that's a lot of work, too. And can you, can you imagine, he never, there's no indication that Noah ever built a boat before. That was something brand new for him. Uh, he didn't have, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of understanding about boat building. Now, let me tell you, when he got done, he had a lot of understanding about boat building. But before he got started, he didn't have any at all. Uh, if he had leaned on his own understanding, that whole thing would have sounded foolish. But God, God was leading, guiding, and directing him. Uh, to build a boat, get the animals in the boat, get his family in the boat, and there, thereby they would be the only ones protected on the entire earth. Now, during all that boat building time, Noah preached. Uh, the, outside of his family, there's no indication that he ever had one single convert. And so the whole world was wiped out, and he and his family remained but I'll, I am absolutely positive that there was a tremendous lack of understanding when God first uh, came to Noah and told him 
about the rain and the flood and the boat. Uh, he didn't have any understanding, but one thing he did have. He had trust in God. And he believed what God said, whether he could, he could understand it or not. Um, you've got Abraham and Isaac. Uh, Abraham had Isaac when he was 100 years old. And he cherished his son. He loved his son. He was the son of the promise. And God, way back when he called him out of his homeland, uh, when he called him to start his journey, he told him, he says, listen, I'm going to bless your seed. Well, at that time, he had no seed. And he didn't have any until he didn't have a, any uh, offspring from Sarah. He, he went ahead and did his own plan, he and his wife, uh, with uh, Hagar the, the handmaid. But, uh, but this was his only son, the son of promise. And this is a son that, that God promised back in Genesis chapter 12. And later on, God fulfilled that promise and gave that to him. And then God comes along and says, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to give him as a sacrifice. And so he did. One of the things that's amazing to me, there is no record of any argument. There's no record of, of uh, any resistance by, by Abraham. Abraham just simply heard what God said, believed what God said, and went up in the, in, in the mount to sacrifice his son. Now you go to, to the book of Hebrews, and you go to Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, God does something for us that we didn't know about. If all you had was the Old Testament record, you would not have known this about Abraham when he went to offer his son. But because he so implicitly trusted God, he came to this conclusion. And Hebrews 11 tells us this. It's, it, it, he, he came to the conclusion that if God told me that this was the son of promise, and he gave me that son, and then later on he tells me to take him up and sacrifice him, give him to me for a sacrifice, he came to the conclusion that therefore, if I do all that, then God is obligated to raise him from the dead. And, and he will raise him from the dead after the sacrifice, and he will bring forth seed. Uh, that, was, that was how much Abraham trusted God. And he just trusted him. Uh, whether, whether it made sense or not, whether he had the complete understanding or not, he was going to do what God told him to do. Now, God stopped him before he could plunge the knife into his son and, and take his life. But what he did was is he gave him, gave him a, a ram in the thicket, gave him another sacrifice to, uh, to, to be the substitute for, for Isaac. But uh, he just simply trusted God. He knew what God told him to do, and he just simply did it. The other thing that I noticed, too, uh, you know, I, I really think strong faith oftentimes gets trickled over to the children, and, and they pick up on it. If you have a right attitude about your God, oftentimes your children will pick up that attitude. And, and that's exactly what happened with Isaac. There's no, there's no indication that that Isaac gave him any resistance, gave him any trouble. 
you know, he asked them, he says, well, where is the sacrifice? You know, they're going up the hill and they don't have an animal. And he's, he's told his son they're going to do a sacrifice at the, at the top of the hill. And, uh, and he, says, he says, you know, where is the sacrifice? And his answer was, God will provide himself a sacrifice. That is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God the Father being willing to sacrifice his son for you and for me. It says that he would provide himself a sacrifice. And, of course, he did that in Christ. But, but God did provide the sacrifice. He was testing and trying uh, uh, Abraham's obedience but not only was it his obedience, but it was just simply his trust. He trusted God. Um, you've got uh, Samuel anointing David while Saul's already king. You know, Saul was king, and God was getting ready to one day replace that king. And uh, th there were some years in between the anointing and the actual enabling of David to become king. But again, uh, Samuel said, look, you know, if I go in there, uh, you know, I know what Saul is like. Saul's, uh, Saul's judgment isn't the greatest, and I don't want it to look like an insurrection here. And, uh, and he just trusted God. He went into the home of, of uh, Jesse and uh, finally got David out of the sheepfold, brought him into the house, and anointed him because he was going to be the next king of Israel. Understand this, that God isn't going to give you all the information. Uh, you know, uh, oftentimes, you know, as, as human beings, we say, well, you tell me everything I need to know, and then I'll, then I'll go ahead and do what you've asked me to do. But God says, no, I want you to trust me. And so oftentimes, God just gives us limited information uh, so, that, so that he can see whether or not uh, we're willing to trust him. Um, you, again, your, your understanding, my understanding, uh, is definitely finite, finite. And whenever we do something for God, uh, there, there always is going to be snags. There's going to be problems. There's going to be difficulties. Every time we have special meetings around here, people start getting sick. Or there's an accident. Or you know, somebody ends up in the hospital. It never, it never fails. Something happens. Uh, why is that? Well, God, again, I, I really believe with all my heart that God is just simply testing us. He's trying us, and he's, he's looking to see, do we trust him? The one, the one thing I want to do more uh, than, I, than I did in 2023, I want to trust God more in 24. Uh, in fact, that would be a good, that would be a, a good motto, trust God more in 24. Uh, the, you know, it's... it's it, it, it is absolutely imperative. You started out the Christian life by trusting God for your soul. And now what he expects is for you to trust him with every, every single area of your life. Now, you look down with me in verse 6. And the second part of that, that passage says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Uh, what that tells me is there's no such thing as secular and sacred in my life. There, there isn't, uh, you know, work is over here and church is over here. And I, I suppose family would be over here in the sacred. But uh, the, some other stuff that I do in life, uh, recreation and so forth, that's over here. That's sec no, 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 no. He says, in all thy ways, 
acknowledge him. In other words, all ground is holy ground for a, for a saved person. And, and there is no secular and sacred. It's all sacred before God. Uh, we need to fully acknowledge God's hand and leading in every single area of our life. Uh, there's no area that he's asleep at. Uh, there's no area that he neglects. Uh, we, ne we need to make sure that we're trusting him in all areas. You know, uh, we need to ask ourselves, do we acknowledge God in every single area of our life? Acknowledge just simply means to notice and to notice with particular regard. I preached a message here last, I think it was in the fall or late summer, about, about the fact that uh, God uh, daily, uh, he gives us benefits. Daily, he gives us blessings. And it says that he loadeth us with blessings. That means there's an abundance of them, and that abundance is every single day. Well, God says they're there. What we need to do is we need to recognize them. We need to notice them. We need to, to connect the dots, so to speak. And, and that's what he's talking about here when he says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. We need to recognize his hand. We need to recognize his leading. We need to recognize his blessing. And then the promise is, if we do that, if we acknowledge him, that he shall direct thy paths. The path is a direction of life, and the ways are what you do to get to that direction in life. So he says, in all your ways, in everything that you do, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. Well, then the opposite is also true. If we don't acknowledge him in all our ways, then he won't direct our path. That's pretty critical. That's pretty critical. That means that, that I need to be cognizant of God in every single area of my life. Um, I've, I've found this. i found that areas in my life where I complain, where I gripe, where I, uh, and, and I, I have, there's something I, I have, to, have to fight on a constant basis of just getting negative and getting down on a, uh, uh, about a particular circumstance or situation. You know, I, I found this. If, if, it's, if it's something that I cannot control, then it's out of my hands, and it's in God's hands. And if I can't control it, then, then I need to not gripe about it. I need to not complain about it. What I need to do is trust God about it and just realize that his purpose will come to pass if I just simply trust him. Trusting God is a, is a daily thing. How do you do it? How do you, how do you develop that trust? trust? Trusting God depends on four basic things that need to be in our lives. Number one, uh, trusting God depends on your relationship to God. That's why, first and foremost, you got to get saved. you got to know for sure that your sins are forgiven. you got to know for sure that heaven's your home. you got to know for sure that you have eternal life. Uh, your relationship with God. And, and sin gets in the way. That's why it's so important to avail yourself 
uh, ourselves of 1 John 1, 9, where it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Keep short accounts with God. Keep short accounts with others. Uh, make sure that your relationship with him is intact. I found that the, the, the more I read the Bible and the more I learn about who God is, and by the way, one of the, one of the basic reasons why God gave us a book, so many times we, we spend our time emphasizing the, the commandments, and that's not a bad thing to do. You should, you should be obedient to God. But can I tell you that the Bible is more than just precepts, it's more than just, just uh, commands. It's also a book telling us who our God is. And the more we read it, the more we get an understanding of who he is. And, and the more... I understand who God is, the more I'll trust him because he's worthy. He's worthy of that trust. Uh, faith, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, the more that I pray, and that's part of my relationship with God, not only reading the Bible, but praying. The more I pray and I see answers to prayer. We've seen tons. If you, if you really look back at 2023, we've seen all kinds of, of answers to prayer around here. And these are just the ones that I know about, the ones that are on the prayer list, the ones that you've asked me about uh, specifically and personally. Uh, I, I've just seen God answer prayer over and over and over again. But what, what, what that does is that that causes us to be willing to trust him for the next thing and for the next endeavor. Uh, and so prayer is important. The more we see answers to prayer, the more we trust him. Uh, protect your relationship with God. Don't let anybody get between you and God. Don't let anything get between you and God. If, uh, you know, honestly, if your job is hurting your relationship with, with God, uh, get rid of your job, switch jobs, do something. Uh, don't let people, circumstances, and particularly even your own attitudes, don't let that get in the way of your relationship with God. That's the most important thing you've got. Uh, you know, uh, relationships with people come and relationships with people go. Honestly, your relationship with God is forever. And you need to protect that with everything that you have. The second thing that we need to do is not, not, not only develop our relationship with him, and that will help us to trust him, but but. Our meditation in the Word of God helps us to, to, uh, to trust the Lord. Take your Bibles and uh, go with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua 1 is instructions that God is giving to Joshua and the nation of Israel just before they go into the promised land. They're getting ready to take the land that God had already said. He, he said, I, I, I've given it to you. It's yours. You, all you have to do is go in and claim it. Joshua chapter 1 and verse, verse 8 and 9 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do 
according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Verse 9 says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. Be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Now, they were going into a land where there was more people than they were. They were bigger people than they were. They were stronger people than they were. But God said, look, just trust me. You don't have to fear. You can be courageous because I'll be with you and I'll go ahead of you and I'll prepare the way. But the thing that he says that they needed to do to prepare is to meditate in his word day and night. Meditate day and night. And by doing that, you learn the ways of God. And what you start to be able to do, the more you, you meditate on God's word, and that's more than just reading. That's reading it and then thinking about it, mulling it over. And whether you do it through memorization or whether you do it by having cards that you look at throughout the day or whether you do it by just, just going back and remembering what you've read or what you've seen in Scripture. Uh, think about the Word of God. Um, when you do that, you learn His ways. You learn His thoughts. You learn the, 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 the methods that He has. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I, some of the things that I look for when I read the, the, the Bible is I look for patterns. God's got some patterns that he uses. I look for, I, I look for principles. Uh, I look for promises. I look for pictures. I look for precepts. Precepts are commands. Uh, you know, I, I started out by saying patterns. Um, one of, my, one of my favorite, I, I love this pattern that I see in Scripture, I've preached on it here, about the hope cycle. How that when you, when you get saved, God gives you hope because now you have eternal life. And eternal life is called a hope throughout Scripture. But, but then he also gives you hope for other things. And oftentimes that hope gets dashed. Again, we were just talking about Abraham. Abraham was given hope that he was going to have a son. Then he had a son. Then God said, go take your son and sacrifice your son. Well, that was kind of the bottom falling out. But, but uh, uh, through that, God gave him new hope and he spared his son. Uh, I see that cycle not only in Scripture. That's where I first saw it. But I see it in my life. I see where, where I'm going down a road and I, I believe this is the road that God had me go down and then all of a sudden, the whole thing collapses. And, and we've seen that. I've seen that over and over and over again. And uh, uh, then, then uh, uh, God gives us new hope, and he, and he gives us new strength, and he allows us to see that thing fulfilled. Uh, patterns, principles, promises, pictures, precepts, all those things are found in Scripture. And all those things, when you put them all together, it, it helps you to understand your God. And the more you understand your God, the better you and I can trust him. The third thing that uh, we need to do is meditate, not only on his word, but also on his works. Meditate on the works of God. Um, take your Bibles and turn to uh, Psalm 63. Psalm 63. In Psalm 63, look at me in verses 5 through 7. It says, My soul, 
shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. Now, you know, oftentimes David went through crisis in his life. Oftentimes David had people literally breathing down his neck wanting to destroy him. And there were times when he would go to bed and before he fell asleep, he would just sit there and meditate on what God did in the past, what God did for Israel, what God did for him personally. And that gave him strength and that gave him trust and that gave him faith. He was able to trust him. Uh, go to Psalm 77. Over just a few pages in your Bible, Psalm 77. Psalm 77, look in verses 6 through 13. Psalm 77, verses 6 through 13. Verse 6 says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast down forever? Obviously, he was struggling. Will the Lord cast down, cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. Now the truth of the matter is, if you're to be honest, there are times you thought those very thoughts. <laughs> you know, has God forgotten me? Has God's graciousness run out? Uh, does he really know what's going on? Does he know how deeply I'm hurting right now? Uh, verse 10, and I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the, uh, of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will, I will remember thy works of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. You know, I, I think that's, that last part's an important part too. It's not just remembering what God did for you, but talking to other people about how good your God is and how great God is, and what God has done. God does something for you. He answers the prayer for you. Go tell somebody, and don't just tell saved people. <laughs> Go tell a lost person what God did for you. And, and uh, uh, all of those things will, will be used of God to strengthen you and strengthen your trust in him for the future. Uh, pass on his, his past works to your kids. And, you know, if, if, if you're struggling with something and God's given you victory, let your kids know about it. Let your kids know what God is doing and has done uh, in your life. And then the, the fourth and the last thing that you can do in order to, to really strengthen your trust in him, try something new. Do something you've not done. Do something you're not comfortable with. Uh, stretch for God. Uh, try, try some new types of, of witnessing, of giving, of teaching, of, of serving. Uh, try, you know, do, do a, do, enter into an area that's outside of your comfort zone. Why, you say, well, why is that so important? Because I'll tell you what, you'll pray like you've never prayed before. Uh, there's, there, I was thinking back about various things that 
that uh, I have gotten involved in uh, in the past. And one of the things that God brought to my mind, I was talking with someone about it just this last week. Uh, back years ago, we, we were able to get involved for, for quite some time in uh, the Harriet Tubman uh, girls' home. And now it's, a, now it's pretty much a full-blown uh, protected facility. They've gotten barbed wire and all that kind of stuff. Back when we were, we were over there, it's only about a mile away from our church. <clears throat> and uh, uh, back when we were invited to go in there and have a Bible study, uh, none of that was true. But the girls were in there. A lot of them were from New York City. Um, and I had never done that before. I'd never done any kind of a prison ministry on a regular basis. I'd never, never dealt particularly with girls like that. Uh, and uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I had never done it. Uh, we had two ladies, Mrs. Shipman and Mrs. Rocha. They, they, went, uh, they went in with me, and they'd never done anything like that before. Boy, what a blessing we got by going in there. Uh, there were things that I had to, had to come up against uh, situations, counseling situations that I had, I had never handled before, uh, but I just had to learn to trust God. Try something new. Try something that, you know, one of, one, one of, one of the first people that got saved uh, in that ministry, her name was Davina. That was her name, Davina, almost a, deriv a derivation of the word David, of the name David. I'd never met a Davina before. I've never met one since. Uh, but she got saved. I mean, she got it. I believe it was one of the ladies that led her to the Lord. And uh, since then, we've not seen her. She got dismissed. She ended up going out, out to California with family. But uh, you know what that stuff does? It teaches you just to trust God. You know, don't, don't, don't just sit. Do something new in 2024. Do something new for God. Uh, God has a purpose and a reason for all that he does. And, and the, the, the question is, will we trust him? Uh, do we believe that he knows best? I, you know, I have no idea what, what folks are going through oftentimes. But I do know this. My God is worthy of, of us trusting him implicitly. The commands are clear. The commands are trust in the Lord. The command is lean not upon thine own understanding. The command is acknowledge him in all of our ways. And if we do those three things, the promise is he will direct your path. And through that whole thing, he'll get the honor and he'll get the glory that you and I don't deserve, but he does. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you would work on our hearts about just simply trusting you. I, again, I don't know the circumstances and situations of, of much of what's going on with folks in our congregation, but Lord, I know this. I know that it's, it's common to have doubts. It's common to get nervous. It's common to be worried about situations. It's common to allow things to get on our nerves. It's common to get discouraged and get down and even sometimes depressed. That, those things happen. That happened to David. We read it just a little while ago. 
he was obviously down in the mouth, but he realized he had a God that he could trust. He realized that he had a God who was worthy of his trust. And Father, may, may we determine this next year that we're going to trust you like we've never trusted you before. Maybe there's some things that uh, are going on right now that some folks need to just simply put into your hands and just trust you with them. God, I just pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning. Maybe there's something new that we need to, we need to try and we need to start. Uh, I, I, I'm excited. This last year, I, I have watched person after person take on, take on ministries and take on tasks that they've not done before. And it had to be, had to be a little frightening. In, in some cases, I'm sure it definitely was. And it looked like the task was a whole lot bigger than their own capabilities. Well, the truth of the matter is, God, in, in many cases, those tasks are bigger than our capabilities. That's the whole point. When Israel went into the promised land, that task was bigger than their capabilities. But God enabled them. God went before them. God, you, you took care of them and you gave them the strength and gave them the victory over and over and over again. God, speak to our hearts this morning, and as you do, help us to make decisions. Not just say, well, that's, that's a good thought, and yeah, I need to trust him more, but make some specific decisions to trust you and depend upon you like never before. Father, have your will, have your way in this invitation, and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it as you work in our hearts for us. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen.